Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome, 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 welcome back to the New York Mystery Machine. Hey, Christina. Hello, Adam. How are you? I am. I am peachy. I am great. I mean, not so great. I, you know, I was researching for our next couple of episodes, and I decided to to work on it at one thirty in the morn. Mm-hmm. And whilst working on it at one thirty in the morn, <laughs> I gave myself a small fright. So I'm a little tired. That's fair. That's fair. But I'm so excited because um, you brought us such a fascinating, famous uh, situation. And so um, I'm so excited to get into that today. Um, I do want to say, before we get into the episode, Mm. um, we've gotten some really great feedback. Yes, thank you. For our first few episodes. And Christina, you didn't even know this yet. Oh. Do you remember how we were saying we would love if people would like send us their yes. their theories? Well, we got our first <gasps> theory in from a fan of the show. What? Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get that all like sorted out and um, get a segment on the show probably in a couple of weeks. Oh, we... I have to wait that long. Yeah. I want to know what the. It's fine. I'm fine. Well, I can tell you about it later. Um... <laughs> but yeah, it came through. Someone was like, "Hey, I have a theory about this," and I was like, "Can you?" Can you just write that down as as and like I'll, I'll put it on the show. We'll make yes. a segment out of it. So I'm so excited I am because it's very excited. so. If you guys are listening to the show and you're like, oh, I have a theory about this, or or, or I researched something, or something came up, anything, um, you can get in touch with us a bunch of ways. You can, or you gave yourself a fright at one thirty in the morning. <laughs> you can you can um you can email us at nymysterymachine at gmail You can reach out to us on the social meds um, at nymysterymachine on the Instagram at nymysteries on the twitter um at new york ny mystery machine on facebook any of those ways and just get in touch with us or the best thing and we're going to say it later too but we're going to say it now anyway you head on over to the itunes you drop us five stars yep you give us you can give your theories there too but send us some words you know put some words in there and guess what i'm not sure if you've seen this if you give us a review mm-hmm. on the itunes once a month christine and i will randomly pick out a winner and you'll get a new york mystery machine prize can we get one of those little ticker tape things that they use to like call bingo numbers oh i think we have to yes and we'll done. record us doing this so yes you're, you're, that's the worst like with asmr yeah you're welcome guys <laughs> Anywho, I don't think it makes that sound at the end, but in my brain, it my brain does. Where are we today? Where are we going? Tell us. We're we're in New York, this amazing state. Are we, we going? We're actually going very locally uh, to us. Anyway, we are we are going to be just just in Harlem. We're going to be hanging out in Harlem this this. this we day. like Harlem. We love Harlem. Harlem's wonderful. Um, and I'll say from the get go that today is a murder. Murder. Murder most foul. <laughs> don't know what accent. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's it's a murder that is considered one of the true locked room murders. So you know the locked room murder idea is that you know you have someone who has been killed, clearly not suicide, inside a room that is locked from the inside, and there's no entrance entrance or egress that you can figure out. And egress. Egress. What a fun Isn't word. That a great word. It needs to be used more. Um, and today is one of the 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 few cases that are is really considered a true locked mm. uh, locked room mystery. Um, and I'll say too that it was even just a few years after it occurred, it was being billed. Not even a few years. A few few 
days after it was it occurred it was being billed as um the perfect crime mm. so for those of you who like coming up with theories please send them our way after this episode so picture it new york city march 9th 1929 it's late at night after a balmy day in the mid-30s the temperature has dropped to a frigid 18 degrees it's an average evening at 133rd street people having dinner tucking themselves into beds and all of a sudden at about midnight, Mrs. Lachlan Smith hears a kerfuffle and the sound of blows. She leaps from her apartment and finds a police officer. Patrolman Cattenbane arrives on the scene and tries to open the apartment door of a certain Isidore Fink, a laundryman. He can't open it. It's locked from the inside. All the windows are nailed shut, and finally Cattenbane gets the idea to try pushing open the transom window above the door. The only problem is it is too tiny for him to fit through. So he asks a boy nearby to climb through and let him in from the other side. They hoist him up. He climbs through. He unbolts the door. When Captain Bane enters the room, there lies Isidore Fink, shot dead. There is no gun. So that's the basic overview of this case. And that's the episode, everyone. Done. Thanks for Thanks for listening. Um, so hold on. So so to, 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 to recap mm-hmm. for us listeners, mm-hmm. locked door. Locked door. No window? No. Uh, there are, there's uh, at least two windows, but they are bolted from the inside. Got it. Um, one of those windows is the transom window above the door. We okay. can talk more about the transom door. And, and the transom window, rather. Gunshot, gun wound. Gunshot, gun wound. Murder. Murder. But no gun. No gun. Wow. So, what I figure we could do is um, we'll go over the, the, the who of Isidore Fink, the the where of the crime, the physical evidence that there is, and then we can bounce some of the some some theories that you may be percolating as as we go through this, but um, also some of the ones that people have percolated. Yeah, I can't years. wait to hear these theories. Yeah. So who is Isidore Fink? I'll ask you the same question. So Isidore Fink was a Polish, probably Galician, Galician, according to reports. So Galicia is an area that was constantly the subject of land disputes along the Polish-Ukrainian border. Um, fun fact, my husband's family, in part, comes from this area. Oh. Um, and after World War I, Galicia is involved in the Polish-Soviet War and eventually gets sort of divided up between what is now Poland and the Ukraine. That's right. for a little geography. Um, so Isidore Fink is Polish-Jewish immigrant to New York. Apparently, uh, he lived a relatively solitary life. Uh, there's no family, no women friends, as the articles put it, um, according to his landlord anyway. He was a quiet man who ran a laundry business in Harlem. Um, and uh, the Associated Press would write on March 13th, 1929, quote, Fink was a rather timid soul and always seemed to be afraid of something, neighbors said. Um, there's also, there's tons of articles um, in the immediate aftermath of the murder, as well as some years down the line. And the further we get from the time of the murder, the more elaborate it becomes. And like the more, the more we suddenly know about his backstory and like suddenly the more direct quotes we get, which I, I'm kind of suspicious of, mm. like all of a sudden we're getting like, and then the coroner said exactly these following words. Oh well, my. where were you on, you know, th- four years ago? Um, anyway, there's also, um, some really patronizing language in in some of these articles. Well, we love patronizing. Love language. some patronizing language. Um, so, for example, in 1936, you get this: 
What makes the mystery of his final violent passing more baffling is that he was, as society looks at those things, nobody. A nobody who worked 16 hours a day, earned a few pennies, saved a few. A nobody who has... Uh, a nobody who, as he worked, kept constantly before him the goal of going to America, where he could, if he struggled hard enough, attain his ambition, own his own laundry. In his fondest moments, he never aspired to anything pretentious, just a little laundry, a one-man laundry. Which, I hate that article. It just sounds like um, a terrible like 1930s movie, where it's like, the narration's like, Isidore Fink was nobody. <laughs> he woke up. Eat his breakfast. Pulled on his boots by the bootstraps and then hoisted those bootstraps over his head. And then one day he died. That's pretty much because it. Because he was nobody. Because he was nobody. Um, there's also a, a, a book that was written a few years ago about like notorious murders in general that refers to the fact that Isidore was married and that his wife and family were still in Poland. And this is totally a valid possibility, um, but... I haven't been able to locate his passenger records um, or anything similar to that, so I I really don't know um, where where they're getting that from. They didn't footnote it, as far as I can see. Um, and I have I have tried getting the manifest record. I've tried you know finding him on census records. Who'd you who, who'd you put a request in from? Well, as of this recording, I did in fact. Uh, and I not only went through census records on my own and some, uh, you know, passenger records. I've also put in a freedom of information law request, a FOIL, a FOIL, FOIL request will. to the New York State, and I'm waiting to hear back to perhaps find the FOIL of the situation. Oh, uh, so yeah. So if we get anything interesting out of that, I'll let you guys know. So anyway, think Polish, Jewish. Comes to New York sometime after World War One. Most of the articles say so. We have to imagine that he immigrated within the last ten years of his death. We also know that he rented his apartment from Max Schwartz, a shoemaker. Um, and here's w- where I got really extremely frustrated for a very long time over a very simple, minor—well, not minor. I argue it's an important detail, which is the address of this place. Every article seems to have a variation on where he lived versus where he worked. Was he murdered in the laundry or was the laundry in his apartment and it doubled as both? Or was he in his apartment? Was it at 52 East 132nd Street or was it at 4 East 132nd Street or was it on East 133rd Street? No one can seem to tell in the days after the murder. I'm like, why is this so hard? Um, but after looking at census records, it seems clear that Max Schwartz, his landlord, lived at 50. 132nd Street and that there uh, that his laundry was on 40 132nd Street so we're talking like a block apart from each other which also makes sense and this is important in part because we'll we'll talk more about this later but we are um, in in prohibition era right this is prohibition mm. era New York um, there are estimates that there were 32,000 speakeasies in New York alone um, and Right around this area, there was uh, 133rd Street, I believe, was called Swing Street, and was known for these sort of speakeasy joints. So shell that, that will become part of a theory down the line. Um, And then the last thing we can say about Fink definitively is that he was really security conscious. Um, He had at least two bolts on his front door, possibly three, according to some reports. Like I said, his window was barred and locked from the inside. Some reports claim that he even nailed them shut. Um, And his rear door was kept bolted as well. So his rear door... um, (laughs) I see you, Adam. (laughs) 
I bet he did get that rear door bolted. You got to bolt that rear door. He bolted the rear door. And um, uh, and I'll say, too, that he also, according to many of the articles, apparently he kept his business, his laundry business open until midnight on Saturdays, but he would only let customers he recognized in. Um, That's kind of crazy that to keep your business. I mean, this is the 20s. Mm-hmm. And to have anything open till midnight is kind of insane. Like, True. We, I think we're so we're so accustomed to thinking New York City, City never sleeps. But it wasn't always. That. I mean, the twenties, they were, were roaring. Things were I've closing heard. at like five, unless you were like a bar, like a normal business right. wasn't closed. So that's interesting too. That. Yeah, he kept it open late. Um, and I and I think something that people really hone in on is that he only he only let in people he recognized. So he, he had a certain customer base that I guess was sustaining him. And as long as he recognized you, you could come get your stuff or drop off stuff or whatever. Um, the rear door is important. Shut up, Adam. The rear door is important uh, because this laundry that he had, he rented the back rooms to a woman. This is Lachlan Smith, who I mentioned at the very top. Um and Lachlan Smith is a black woman who is described as being much older. She's described as being a granny. Um, so she's an older woman who's renting the back couple of, of rooms. And what this tells me also, I can't find an actual blueprint of the building, but I'm imagining it as a shotgun apartment, mm-hmm. right? So for those who are unfamiliar, uh, shotgun apartments are a type of apartment in New York that every room follows the next exactly. So the idea is that you can shoot a gun down straight through all the rooms. And that's what I'm imagining for this, for there to be a door that's completely sealing his room off from hers. Um, So we'll get to the murder now. On the night of Saturday, March 9th, to recap, a little before midnight, Lachlan Smith, who's renting the back rooms, hears the sound of Fink screaming and the sound of blows. And she runs out of her apartment to get the police. She runs into a patrolman, Captain Bain. Now, some articles list his name as Captain Bourne. Most often, it's Captain Bain. Can't find him on census records either. It's driving me nuts. I can't tell you how long I've spent on Ancestry.com. Um, but patrolman Captain Bain returns to the front of the laundry to find it locked, as we mentioned. So what's an officer to do? There's apparently a boy nearby. Um, either because there's a boy nearby or because there's a crowd gathering. Um, And he asks the boy to go through the transom window. Now, what is a transom window? Transom window is simply the window over the top beam of a door. So sometimes they're fan-shaped, sometimes they're not. They allow some light in as well as cross ventilation. So this is really key for heating and cooling in an age before ACs and central heating. And so you see them a lot in buildings built up to the mid-20th century. Mm-hmm. And if you think about a laundry business, right, you're doing hard manual labor, you're washing, you're, you're uh, ironing. So having something that you could use for a little bit of air is probably very important. So apparently one of the hinges of the transom window was already broken. So Officer Cattenbane takes this this boy and asks him for his help, who gets lifted through the window, opens the lock, lets them in. Um, So there on the floor is Isidore Fink. Um, Per the Daily News article the next day, his body almost torn to pieces from three heavy shotgun charges. Isidore Fink, 30, was found slain last night in a locked room in the rear of the laundry he operated. 
And so he's apparently laying on the floor next to um, an ironing machine, according to one report. So it's a gas iron that is still hot when they arrive and that um, has not yet scorched the cloth under underneath. So that gives you a sense as to how quickly the police are on the scene as well. Mm-hmm. Right. So his body is apparently still warm. The iron is still on, but nothing has been scorched. It became clear that Isidore was shot twice through the chest and once through the left wrist. So the wrist, in addition, was burned badly by gunpowder. So what the the coroner suggests is that this is probably some kind of struggle that ensued, right? That's a defensive wound. Yeah. Um, There was also money in Isidore's pockets as well as in the cash register, although no one ever says how much. There was also an empty exploded cartridge on the floor, but there was no gun in the room. And some reports later uh, suggest that Patrolman Cattenbane even searched the boy that he had hoisted through the window to make sure that he didn't like pocket the gun for fun. But apparently that that wasn't the case. As for witnesses, according to the New York Times, two, quote, well-dressed women, unquote, were seen in the hallway shortly before uh, the police found the body. But according to the same article, the police weren't trying to connect the women to the murder. So that's our physical evidence. All right. Okay. So how did it happen? I don't know. Gosh. No ideas? Okay. I'll throw I'll I'll throw out a couple of scenarios and see how you feel about them. First one is suicide. Yes. Okay. My first gut instinct goes to suicide. Mm-hmm. And my thought is if it is suicide. Where was the wound? There were two in his chest, although one article later said his head, but I think most often it's, it reads as his chest, and one in his left wrist. I mean, if you shoot yourself correctly, you do have a, a, an insy bit of time. I just don't know why. If it's suicide and he goes to an effort to kill himself and get rid of the gun, what's the motive of faking a suicide? Pride, mm-hmm. like, do you not want people to think that you're mm-hmm. that you killed yourself? Like, I don't know if there's murder in in suicide. Yeah. Um. And how does how does she get in? The the patrolman or the or lady uh, the the she hears the gun. She hears a kerfuffle. She, she doesn't even hear the gun. According she to most reports, she hears a kerfuffle. And then, the sound of blows, which. If she doesn't hear a gunshot, per the early reports, at least. So blows meaning like fisticuffs? Maybe. I could also see it being a silencer. 1928, I mean, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, my theory is um, it's, he's found by the cops. Mm-hmm. So in theory, it's not... Mm. <laughs> I'm just... Uh, yeah. Anyway, I rule out suicide. Okay. Yeah, and they did pretty quickly too. For for the the reason of, you know, why would he shoot himself twice in the chest? Fine. He wants to shoot himself twice in the chest. But then why the why the wrist? What happened there? Um so the other problem being, of course, there is no gun in the room. So like you were saying, why go th- and how go through the trouble of of getting the gun far enough away that it is never found? Mm. Okay, so we're ruling out suicide. We're going to focus on the how for the moment as opposed to the who or the why. We're just going to we're going to zero in on this how. So one possibility that has been floated over the years is that he was killed somehow through the door or a contraption in the walls. 
Yes. Okay. My so- brain went there for a second that there is, you've seen him in like movies, you see it in Bond stuff, you see it all the time, just concealed ways. And then here's the thing, we're not in like primitive times. This is the 20s. Yeah. Um, it's the age uh, of of Capone and- Gangsters. And gangsters mm-hmm. and setting up, you know, murders. So- Yes, I think that's possible. Again, but every time I started to think about something in this case, I don't know where the motive is. If mm-hmm. this guy is just a nobody, mm-hmm. no one cares about him, he runs a laundry, what's the motive in such advance? Unless there's something we just don't know about him. Right. So as far as the doors and walls go, there are no reports of there being holes in either. So it would have to, or, or like some sort of panel that moves. So if how that happens is unclear unless there's like some sort of like Rube Goldberg Rube Goldberg machine-esque contraption Um, the next possibility is that he's killed in a hallway okay but again the empty exploded cartridge is in the apartment right and there's no newspaper mention of a blood trail in the hallway as he goes inside to lock himself in Um, there's also the possibility that he's killed through the transom window up top right yeah, and that's now to for people who don't know, including mm-hmm. me, probably. That's like that that window that's on top of a doorway that kind of swings open. Exactly, lets in some light, lets in some and air, and it's not bolted. Unclear. So some reports. Well, there it's, it is. It's kids. so frustrating. Some reports say that there was a hinge broken, and that's what gave the officer the idea. Other reports say that it was nailed shut, and other reports say that even if it was slightly broken, like the kid still had to like take a club and break it open. If it, if it was a kid who did. Um, the, the kid when he was trying to climb in to let the police officer in. Word. Um, but regardless, but, you know, in some way, one theory is that someone got him through the transom. Yeah, I mean, I think that's so far the best theory. You want ready for the problems with that? Hit me with all the The wrist. Oh, the wrist. There's, there's not the, only a shot in the wrist, which, you know, he could just be lifting up his hand like that. You know, you can't see me, dear listeners, but I'm holding up my hand in front of my face in fear. But there's there's um, burn marks, gunpowder residue, which means that you have to be really close for that to happen. What if a small person slipped in through there and they, and they, and they did? And then slipped back out. That is probably the theory that is uh, the most likely in some ways for this and according to some of the early articles is the one that the police were pursuing um but remember you have to be well we don't know how how what what the uh the dimensions of officer captain bain are but at the very least he couldn't have fit through it so we're talking about someone who is you know those windows can be pretty small we're talking about someone small enough to slip in and back out i mean yeah and also able to get to that height yeah, my theory is too. If we're trying to find a murderer in this, someone has to know the room that they can be able to get themselves out. Mm-hmm. Right, and according to, you know, what's interesting also is that a lot of these reports in the newspapers, I think it's just as interesting what we can come up with that isn't mentioned, which doesn't mean that it wasn't there. It just means that it it didn't make it into the report. So, like in this instance, for you to know the room to get back out. If you're if you're going in, because the the transom window and that door goes right onto the street. Okay. So you go in through there, fine. No one sees you. You come back out. I'm trying to figure out how you like hoist yourself up to get through it, unless you're you're maybe you're tall and you can. Yeah, do that. I, I think there's plenty of reason to believe someone can get them in. 
how do you get back out? That's my theory. You have to know the room. To like move furniture. To, and like- to know that, oh, I know that this person has this. Mm-hmm. Then again, if it's his house or, I mean, I think also a lot, a lot of places, the fact that we don't know if it's his house or if it's his business or if he's one of those people who like live, works out, lives right. out of his business. I think it's, I'm pretty secure after lots of census records and, uh, and, and uh, there's also like this fabulous atlas, if you would like to see, um, that shows different buildings. Mm. Um, not the actual blueprint, but just like, this one's five stories, this one's this. And the the four East 132nd Street is a five-story building with a storefront, very specifically is what it's labeled, um, if you look at the key. And then the 54 East 132nd is just his tenement it's okay. just a tenement building. So I, I feel pretty confident about those that separation of labor, but you know, it's still it's still probably a uh you know, there's someone living in the back room, so it's still a little unclear. Yeah. So that's that's the transom window. Um and the other thing is like with the transom window, like if you if you are mo- the for whatever reason, I can only envision, maybe because I'm short someone pushing like furniture against the door to climb back out. Yeah, yeah. But then but, you know the furniture yeah that the furniture is clearly next yeah. to the door and, then and the like, cop comes in and says, "Oh, ah, look, this is how they got out." Got out the transom window. Yeah, like you know? that's then there's no mention of that. Um and then the other one that sort of I heard on a on another podcast, Corpus Delicti. Um, Shout out to Corpus. <laughs> is is the possibility that maybe there's a, somehow a speakeasy associated in this apartment or mm. this 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 building at least that someone was able to slip in, shoot him, slip back out. One question I have is why discard the cartridge? And like I'm going to take the gun, but I'm going to leave that cartridge right there. I mean, maybe you can't tell anything from the cartridge. I don't really know ballistics, but it just seems weird. I mean, back then, I mean, now you would be able to find anything. You know, now right. if, if someone left a, a cartridge, you can fine to murder that person right but then maybe they just didn't know i don't know I it feels sloppy it, it feels it feels sloppy except for the fact and that almost 100 years later we're still going huh. <laughs> it feels sloppy in an otherwise very like clean murder yeah clean murder but uh, you know what i mean like clean job right exactly um so by my logic it sounds like the transom window is somehow the best Way there's also the possibility. Now we're getting a little bit into the who and the why. Um, he only opened up his door for people he knew, mm. so it could be someone he knows. Mm. In which case, he lets them in. They get shot, and then they slip out the transom window. Mm. I, I don't know. So let's talk about some who's. Um, but before we do that, before we talk about who might be uh, a, a, a person of interest in this case, let's take a break, Adam. Sure. We'll be right back after these ads. We're back. Christina hit us. You were, last last we spoke, you were talking about the different who's. I've created a, a small theory in my brain that I want after you get through your who's. Yes. It just it it was it was but a seed in my mm-hmm. mind about 
five minutes ago. Amazing. And now it's starting to expand and 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 grow. I love that. Uh, we can play. It's like it's like a game of Clue. At the end, instead of like who in what room with what we know, like two of those, <laughs> two know, of those three. So it has to be like who and why and how. It's like yeah. a very the, different game. Which of is Clue. the core of every mystery, right? It's like the who, right. the what, and the why, and the how. <laughs> and we have the how. We have the what. We just don't have the who and the why. Do we have the how? He was shot. Uh, sure. I mean, more That's like how, how did he get? <laughs> How did he get in? How did the person get in and out of the room? That's is fair. how I'm thinking of the how. It's half. We have half of a how. We have a half of a how. We know the mechanism by which the poor man was murdered. We do not know how the mechanism was employed. Yeah. So and they looked everywhere, like under floorboards, like every. They, they did the whole. According night, to yeah. the article, they like they, they scoured the place. Um, the scouring of the place is particularly emphasized in later articles, as far as I can tell. Um, Again, I don't know why there's so much. I mean, I guess it sort of makes sense. More information comes out over time, but there's not real new information in these later articles. It's just like an expanded, fun, sort of like painting a picture. But yeah, apparently they scoured the place, could not find it, searched high and low, no sign of a gun. So some possibilities that I've I've seen bandied about. Um, could, could Max Schwartz the the shoemaker who sublets a room as Isidore's apartment. So now we're talking about 54 East 132nd Street, right? Not the laundry. Could Max Schwartz have killed him? Would have been someone that Fink knew. What could the motive be? Maybe, not to cast aspersions here, but maybe there was a suspicion of some sort of romance with the wife. In fact, Schwartz does have a wife and kids, according to the census records. And Isidore is lonely. His family's in Poland. Yep. No lady friends to speak of, according to... According to the article. According to the article, according to Max Schwartz. Himself. So, that's interesting. Oh, Max, you devil. <laughs> and Max would have more resources than than a regular schmo off the street. Mm-hmm. And he, he would know Fink's schedule. He would know... It's a block away, so he knows the area very well. He, he knows, knows the insides of the part of, of the. He's unit. probably been in there before. Absolutely. Oh, he goes to the top of my list. There's also the possibility someone has suggested of Lachlan Smith herself, the woman renting the back. The thought. problem with that, although maybe it's not a problem. One problem with the idea that she opened her door, shot him, closed the door, and then went front for the police, is that apparently there was like cobweb over the hinges of the door between their two sections, which would suggest that it's been closed and, you know, not opened in a very long time. So does that not mean that she couldn't have like come around the front and, and then done the deed and then, but again, she's described as a, as a sort of grandmotherly type, um, an aged woman, if you will. So is she climbing in and out of a transom? Oh, but again, if, if Fink knows her, he He might just open the door. The problem is the door is locked behind. Right. Which leads to weird. Of, which leads to one of my theories, but continue. Um, there's also the sighting of well-dressed women in the hallway shortly before the body was found, which the police said they're not trying to connect to the, the murder at all, but it's maybe he did have some lady friends. Um, and then there's a theory that it was a kid who was either hired or, I don't know, had a real vendetta. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm partial to the next two possibilities. 
One is the mob. So 1920s. It's always the mob. It's always the mob. The mob is everywhere. One of the mobs. And where do you think we get the term laundry racket? Right? Like there are the mob asked frequently for protection money from small businesses. Um, if you encroach on their area or or uh, you don't pay, you are in deep trouble. And in fact, in the months leading up to and after Fink's murder, there are lots of articles about laundry rackets and the, the consequences of them. So for example, a month before Fink is murdered, um, a laundry owner name whose last name is Petrilla his wife was shot through a glass presumably they mean a window uh, because Petrilla was encroaching on someone else's territory Mm. and he wouldn't say you know he just denied having any idea who would have done something like this but the article says you know the police are trying to figure out like infiltrate the mobs racketeering here Um, and even just a few months later um, uh, another Harlem laundry man uh, a man from an immigrant from China, Chin Li, was shot as he was ironing at his ironing board. Mm. So, it's something that's very much happening at this time. Um, so, could this be it? Could Fink have like refused to pay off the mob? Did he encroach on mob territory in some way? Um, someone once suggested, and I think it might even been the same podcast that I listened to, Corpus Delicti, that maybe it was rum running. Maybe Fink to make a little extra cash on the side is hiding in his laundry. Um, like bootlegging bottles of alcohol. And the other possibility is could it, could the police be involved in some way? <laughs> Adam's that, very excited. That's one of my theories. Because it, it does feel like a rather botched job on yep. the police part, yep. right? So no one can get the address right. They can't find a weapon. Um, you know, no way to get in. Which, I mean, I guess that happens. But still, like... You're hoisting the newspaper kid up to, like, make a show of this? I don't know. Um, or at the very least, maybe they knew who it was because corruption was, is, was rife. So, um, so, so those are the, the major potential players that I've come across and, and some potential motivations. But let's, let's play that, that round of clue. Who, why, and how on earth? Go. All right, my first my first theory was uh, the police. I mm-hmm. think um, those are the who. Um, I don't know the why in in specific, unless yeah. there is connection with uh, bootlegging and, and mm-hmm. it's a way of taking stuff down. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I also wrote under under police. It's multiple humans. Mm-hmm. I think it's more than one human making this all come together. Mm. I think it's. The person who has to get in, but also the person who still has to make sure that the the door is locked when they leave, mm-hmm. has to dispose of the weapon. It's not one person can do this. Right. I don't think one person did this unless it goes to my second theory. Okay. What's your second theory? Um, he got a friend to kill him. Interesting. Now that I have not come across. I just think... Um, I don't know if it, it could tie to 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 needing to get out of situation because the because the mob mm-hmm. um, needing an easy out of some sort um, and perhaps someone like Max mm-hmm. he could get to 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 give him the gun he shoots himself mm-hmm. or Max whatever the case may be it's handed back off mm-hmm. he has probably a second or two. 
a, little, a few. Yeah. He has a little, he has some time before he croaks and dies. So he lets whoever out, locks the door, and just falls to his death. Interesting. I don't. My 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 grand finale is. I don't think one human being did this. Mm-hmm. Um, now whether, yeah, I think I think it's either an intentional murder or a botched job. Yeah, I think it's either an intentional murder or oh shit. And and I think the botched job mm-hmm. realm. I think it's police botch jobbed or mob botch job like yeah. a group of people or a combination thereof yeah. I could see them being I think cahooting. it's group of people more than one person someone fucked some shit up mm-hmm. perhaps wasn't supposed to die to begin with but did end up dying because mm-hmm. you heard a kerfuffle oh interesting there's a kerfuffle kerfuffles don't always have to mean we're coming in and shooting somebody there's no kerfuffle when you shoot somebody right. I have a gun you don't I shot you you're dead but if there's sounds of scuffles as you as mm-hmm. you say um, that means there's resistance there's no resistance when there's a gun mm-hmm to this older guy who's gonna like fight back? No, I think like I think. Maybe, well, he's only thirty. Oh, he's thirty. You're right, but still, if there's multiple people, yeah. And again, it has to be more than one person because if there's if there's if there's a scuffle and it's it's Isidore mm-hmm. and it's him versus someone else, who locks that door? Right. That it, it will always for me go down to that one fact that everything was locked from the inside. Right. And so whoever left how to have either another human being. And I think that window is the key to the key. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to to slip out an unlocked window. Um, yeah. What's interesting about Isidore being in on the on on the the process in some way. Standby, I also feel terrible if we're just slandering this man saying that he was a bootlegger. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to the family and friends of Isidore Fane and know. Max Schwartz, who we, I've dragged through the mud a little and bit. And called a murderer, basically. We don't know. We don't know. But anyway, continue. Um, but if someone was in on, uh, was if if like you were suggesting, in some way Isidore Fink is a part of this plan, um, I think that sort of solves one question that has been raised over time, which is if he's shot and wherever he's shot, if it's in the hallway, if it's in the doorway, if it's, uh, you know, um, in, in deep in the apartment, why does he lock the door? Why, or why is, you know, assuming he's the one who locks the door, why lock the door? Why not go running outside? And one suggestion is that, well, he's shot either through the door or in the hallway or something like that. And he is afraid that the person's coming after him further, so he locks himself inside his apartment. Yeah, that's fair. But I don't know. It, it, yeah, I, I think, think I, I think that's key too. Are we sure that the murder happens in in the apartment? And that that theory you just threw out there is something that that now it's starting to percolate mm-hmm. a little bit too. Like, was it in the hall? And he gets shot, and then he he runs to the apartment, shuts the door, and just doesn't want you know right. thinks like there's more of a chance that he'll survive if he's not getting shot more right um and that doesn't work out the one problem being that no article mentions blood a- yeah, along that the was way. my biggest so, thing so the blood's only in him, like in the apartment, in the with, apartment him. with him so un- unless it's again that's the interesting thing like what is just not being mentioned or what is not being yeah. reported because i don't think that's done through like the keyhole like that that no, stuff i, I think don't you don't that. you don't get the wrist injury mm-hmm. and you don't get um yeah, you don't get that with it being that 
the proximity you get that from like a keyhole shot i think the wrist injury is also really interesting because because it does speak to a kerfuffle which then if if isidore fink was somehow in on his own death why the why the kerfuffle why why struggle with the gun in that moment um and i think yeah to your point it it's something where he, you know it's not through a keyhole because he's not caught unaware because the muzzle would have to be pretty close for the gunpowder residue for the burns. So this is an up close fight. What? Yeah, I don't know. I lean, I lean towards police and mob in some combination or hear me out. Eugene Toombs from the X-File episodes about Eugene Toombs who can, force his way through very tight spaces like radiators to get inside and eat someone's liver. Problem being, I don't know that Isidore Fink was missing a liver. I'm pretty sure he wasn't. But that doesn't mean that it wasn't, you know. Something like that. Something like a that. A person like that who has the ability to. To just like stretch himself through very tiny spaces like like keyholes. He just he went through the keyhole, killed Isidore, suddenly either realized he didn't want to eat livers anymore, was worried that he heard Lachlan Smith coming, and I then think, got out. I think the biggest problem in this whole mystery, mm. um, and the most mysterious part is that a hundred years later, we can't find the motive. Yeah, yeah which is really interesting. And that, that's so part of my couple reasons why I made the freedom of information request. One, I kind of want to see if, like, no one no one ever expands on this and says, well, the police talked to so-and-so, or the police asked this customer, or, you know, we spoke to Isidore's wife back in Poland. Um, it's just the same things for regurgitated. So I'm curious who, like what is, what is Lachlan Smith's full statement mm. or what is Max Schwartz's full statement? The people we know they talk to. Um, I don't know if that would ever be released, but it's a hundred years later. It's not like whoever did this is probably dead. Chances Unless are. the kid was like two years old super and it dead. was a two year old kid who they managed to. No, they're super dead. They're super dead. So like, I don't see why they would say absolutely not. You can't see any records. Unless, and no one's the police are in on the job. Yeah, and there's no hundred years in, in these hundred years. No one's come forth. No, no additional evidence. It's been left an unsolved mystery. It's also frustrating because it's sort of like it's the sensational headline: perfect crime committed, police stumped by laundry man killer. And then the only times it reappears in newspapers is weird. One time they couldn't find this person. We need a really long article about like a weird thing that was a murder for the series we're doing in this yeah. newspaper out west. And it just sort of drops. So it's also really frustrating to not have like, yeah, just like any of that information. I would love to see like the death record and see like who next of kin is listed as. Oh, yeah. I would love to find Lachlan. We can't find, we don't have his death certificate. Not that I've seen. I've so. I mean, you've clearly looked. I mean, I've looked. Um, you know, I can find indexes, but the index doesn't give you the same kind of information. It doesn't tell you um, things like next of kin or, you know, the name of the coroner or anything like that. Um, if we get the full certificate, that certificate, then uh, then that'll have that kind of information. And I think that could be really interesting. Mm. Um, now, to make that request, unfortunately, um, it's difficult to do online right now. So I, uh, at some point, um, when I'm a little bit less COVID conscious, uh, I'm going to have to go downtown and go request it in person. I also feel that um, we're not the first people to be 
poking around. You know what I mean? So I, I, I think when, when things are, are lost and, yeah. and, and they're lost for reasons. Yeah. So I, I, I think, I think regardless of how no, how this person was a nobody and yeah. didn't matter, um, there's a record of everything unless there, unless the record doesn't need to be, unless the record is not meant to be mm-hmm. seen by anyone anymore. Yeah. And then the record goes away. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't think anything's really going to come of my request. I'm interested. I'd like to still like to see if I could get a hand uh, at least on his death certificate. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and that's why I wanted like the passenger record too for his arrival, because I think that would be interesting to see who, who's his next of kin in Poland or, yeah. cause that's often listed. Um, so I don't know, you know, we'll let you know if I get anything. Um, but at the end of the day, I think one thing that's, you know, important to note is that in terms of a botched job, there's another way that this could be a botched job, which is that this is a Polish Jewish immigrant, right? So this is someone who at a time of great xenophobia, it's 20s. great anti-Semitism is, is maybe just not the priority. Mm. And by not priority, I mean mm. like not anywhere near being a priority. He's, you know, it's an unsolvable case and folks figure who cares. It's interesting from a standpoint of, oh, weird, but nothing more. And no. I think that's really tragic. Yeah. No family, no real friends. Just, right. just, just people who guy trying who to get by. And I think that's really tragic to think about. So what a bummer. Yeah. So uh, hoping to get some information from the, the 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 request, not holding my breath. Well, folks, if you have any information that we would love to, to, to family have. stories about the time your great great grandfather shot this guy uh, and you, locked the door behind him, like we like we said, you know, reach out to us. We'd love to hear more theories. Even more theories. Um, be like our fan who's already given us one of our theories. We'll we'll, we'll post that. Be like up. them. And um, um, and yeah, Christina, thank you for this story. I think it was really fascinating. I love, you know, what I love about this show so much. I know we're 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 still, you know, very much freshmen in the show. Um, but I like how each of our episodes are have a little different flavor. And today really felt like um, we're just like who done it and like scribbling stuff. And yeah. like sometimes they're super narrative, and sometimes they're like these are the facts. Let's take an hour and 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 figure out what we can figure out yeah and um so this was really really fun and my brain hurts but in a good way in a good way and if that you know whoever comments with their theories if if you are the lucky person who gets selected for a, a prize mm. maybe maybe we'll send you a video of us trying to get through transom windows and prove how it is or isn't possible oh we i don't th- know that that's what people want but that's the, where my brain goes that's what people need though that's what the people need we're, adam we're not giving them what they want we're giving them what they it's need. like broccoli for your spirit us going through transom windows for well, science. Well, Adam. folks, follow on the social medias at NY uh, Mystery Machine. That's on Instagram and on Facebook, and follow on the Twitters at NY Mysteries. Um, if you have theories, you can also email us at nymysterymachine at gmail.com. And of course, please, please, please head on over to iTunes, drop us a five-star rating, and also write us a nice little review. Um, we read them all. We, 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 we will select one each month and send a prize. And then when people start getting prizes, you're like, oh, I really want one of those prizes. I know. I got you guys. You don't even know the prize. Christina doesn't know what the prizes are. I don't. I do though. I think they're transom window videos, but that's one of them now. <laughs> um, but we'll be back next week because that's how this rolls. We do it once a week. So um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna pack up our mystery machine and and head on because next week we're, we're we're leaving the city again. Okay. 
Um, and so I'm really excited to, to do We're not like physically, like we're like the, the podcast. Era of mystery, Adam. We're totally leaving the city. They don't know. They can't see us. They don't know where we are. We're recording on location. Anywho, thanks for, 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 for checking us out today. Um, subscribe, like, review, all that jazz. I said this so many times today. Yeah, I, feel, I sound needy, but meh. <laughs> we're thirsty for your love. All right. Well, I've been. Love me. It's oh, so easy to. There it is. Well, I've been Adam Mace. I've been Christina Marinelli. And thanks for taking a ride on the New York Mystery Machine. Tammany Hall for Ghosts. <laughs> I missed it. Tammany Hall for Ghosts. See you guys next time.